If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 137 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about those Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here with you on April 24th of 2022. And it is good to be back, my friends. Had a little two-week gap here on Yapping Yankees. I enjoyed a very nice Easter last Sunday, and I hope you did as well. And now I'm back for episode 137 today as I have the window open right behind my Mac computer that I'm recording on. It's a beautiful day here in New York today. I've got the TV on right next to me waiting for the Yankee game to start within the next 20, 25 minutes or so, and I'm living the dream. (laughs) Unfortunately, though, you guys are going to hate me with this next thing I'm saying, but (laughs) hey, listen, listen, I warned you. That with my job now, that if I have anything urgent or big to do on a given weekend, or if things are just extremely busy lately, that I'm probably just going to take that weekend off, as opposed to recording on a Saturday or still trying to squeeze an episode in on a busy Sunday and make it crazy stressful for myself. I've got enough to do during the week, and then this show on the weekend to add on to that. I got enough to do to last someone a lifetime, guys, and I'm I'm not complaining at all. Trust me, I love doing this show, but I just have a lot on my plate these days. You got to (laughs) understand. Next week is my brother's 18th birthday. It's a big birthday, and I'll be celebrating next Sunday. I'm still going to be, I'm still going to do my best to do an episode. I'll probably make it shorter just to pop one out at least, just to have an episode. I mean, we'll see, but I am celebrating his birthday next Sunday. We'll see what happens with that. And obviously the weekend after that is Mother's Day. And I'm definitely taking that weekend off, the weekend of the 8th. And if next weekend with my brother's birthday gets too crazy, I might even take that one off. I've got to see. These are just extremely busy times, guys. I'm, I'm doing the best I can over here. Trust me. I really, really am. But keep up with me on socials, of course, because I, I always keep you guys posted on social media. Facebook, Mike Scudero NY. Twitter, at Mike Scudero. Instagram, Mike Scuds 97 Just be on the lookout on those this next week for next weekend's plans. But I'm most likely going to do an episode. I'll find a way. But Mother's Day on the 8th, I'm definitely taking that off in two weeks. I'm just letting you know, May the 8th, Mother's Day, I am taking off. We'll see about next weekend, all right? Just that holidays this season, I'm taking those days off this time around. I'm working my ass off over here, and, I, and I've done countless holiday episodes for this show over the years. Going to start changing that up a little bit this season so I could actually, you know, maybe enjoy some parts of life and have a relaxing Sunday here and there. Just a little. <laughs> okay, anyways, my friends, down to business. Holy mother of God. <laughs> What an what word should I use here? Um eventful last couple of weeks of Yankees baseball. Let's go with eventful. 
Last time we spoke, we were only headed into Game 3 of the season. Now today, we're headed into Game 16 of the season. Third game of the three games set against the newly named Guardians, formerly known as the Indians, of course. And these last two weeks, we've seen a lot of deja vu, familiarities, similar offensive habits to last year's dreadful offense, which is very much not a good thing. (laughs) Let's start with those not very good habits of the 2022 Yankees that we have seen in the past. This team, right after the first weekend of the Red Sox, in which they did win the series, although they lost a very winnable game in the third game two Sundays ago, but they did win the series. But right after that, speaking of deja vu and familiarities of the past, right after that series, this team, more often than not, returned to Not scoring at all with runners in scoring position. Zero situational hitting whatsoever. A major home run or nothing approach despite preaching adding contact to the team. Contact my ass. Maybe here and there we see that element, especially with an Isaiah Kiner-Falefa here and there. And maybe with a DJ LeMayhew too, but for the most part... We have seen a lot of what the Yankees have been known as for years now. Still that home run or nothing approach. Which, hey, if it gets the job done, fine. But a lot of days, it doesn't. And it just results in the team just being a collection of corpses from 1-9 to in that lineup. You see some double plays happening again, which is a massive problem all of last year, especially in the first half. But you see a lot of double plays There's no lineup consistency whatsoever yet again, which can mainly be blamed on Mr. Cashman, the king of arrogance, as I've called him many times, because of, as I warned everyone about time and time again, even going back to spring training, because of the logjam that he created with the Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa trade with the Twins. And Donaldson, by the way, has done almost nothing in his first three weeks, by the way, except for a couple of home runs, which I'm not downplaying, and I'm not saying it'll stay that way. But so far, that's been how it is. But anyways, the logjam that he created with that trade in the infield, I warned everyone about going back to spring training. I warned that it would result in a lot of rotating going on. Lots of unnecessary days off, even before an off day even more so than we've seen in the past that already drove people nuts. And now with this logjam, there's even more lineup rotation and even less lineup consistency, including with the outfielders as well because of this. So there's no consistency with playing time, whether a player is hot or not. As far as individual players, well, let's start the man on the mound in today's game. Garrett Cole, fourth start of the year coming up today against the Guardians. It'll have already happened by the time this episode's released tonight, but not at the time I'm recording right now. It's just getting started maybe in the next 15, 20 minutes at the time I'm taping now. But Garrett Cole has not only had a really, really rough start to this season, but of all five of the Yankees starters... He's actually statistically been the worst of all of them. 
which is making everybody livid because, as I said two weeks ago, he was all uptight about opening day starting only four lousy minutes later thanks to Billy Crystal's first pitch on opening day, the ceremonial first pitch, and getting in a tizzy about that, which nobody cares to listen to. Not to mention the bad taste in people's mouths from the wild card game in Boston last year. So there's a lot going on in people's minds having to do with Garrett Cole. And the people are just livid with him. I mean, me? Yeah, I definitely understand being frustrated with that. I'm certainly not thrilled about anything we've seen from him so far. But I'm personally not worried about him. Yet. I think ultimately he'll be okay, and I actually think he's going to have a really good game today. I think he's going to bounce back in today's start against the Guardians. That's just my opinion. I don't know yet, because right now it's only like 1.10, 1.15 in the afternoon. The game hasn't started yet, so I don't know what's going to happen. I could be dead wrong, but I think he's going to bounce back today. But it cannot be denied regardless. Even if you're in my shoes and you're confident about today's start, it cannot be denied that the first three starts for him Yikes. <laughs> and the second start, the second start, I'll be fair, against the Blue Jays, it was mainly Vlad Guerrero Jr. that he couldn't get out. Vlad was all over him, including on a 98-mile-per-hour fastball, I think it was, literally in on the hands. It was a wrist shot. And Vlad somehow turned around on it for a home run. He just clearly had Garrett's number. And at that point, you just tip your cap and just say, listen, he's better than me today. <laughs> But opening day, and especially the last start in Detroit, that saw him not even make it through the second inning, walking four people in that second, and a total of five throughout the inning and two-thirds that he pitched, throwing about 50 pitches in that second inning, that was the worst that anyone has seen Garrett in a single inning or in an overall start. In his career. Yeah, it was cold outside in Detroit. Every time you have, a, have an April game over there, it's freezing cold. And the Yankees seem to be there every April, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's cold. It's this. It's that. Didn't seem to be a problem for much of anybody else after him. And yeah, sometimes a ceremonial first pitch will make the game start four little minutes later than it was supposed to. It happens. So What? I know everyone handles things differently, and some pitchers are more strictly regimented than others, but, I mean, when it comes to the cold, like I said, was it too cold for Clark Schmidt in Detroit, who saved Garrett Cole's final line in that Detroit start from being even worse than it already was? Was it too cold for the rest of the bullpen that night? The, again, amazing bullpen so far, all of whom collectively, along with Schmidt, ate seven and a third scoreless innings that night? Were other people affected by these conditions? It's only start number four. And listen, I do my best to be patient. But the ace has got to get going. Because right now, all the rest of the four, Sevi, Tyone, Monty, who still gets less than no run support, and especially... My freaking boy, nasty Nestor Cortez, who opened a can of whoop-ass again yesterday, in the words of Stone Cold Steve Austin, have all been significantly better. It's time to get going. I know he's probably in his own head, 
but just one start. He's got to get going. Make it be today. That turns the corner, turns that tide, gets him feeling in a good mental place again, and he can be that ace again. Because the last few starts in a row, heading back to the wild card game last year, not good. But that can be said about plenty others, too, on the whole team. But you can't make a run at this thing if Garrett Cole just stinks. So let's get some good starts in here. Let's get it going today. I'll repeat it again. I think he's going to do well today. I think he's going to bounce back very well. But I just hope he doesn't disappoint me. And like I said about getting off to better starts and turning things around, that could be said about more guys than just Garrett Cole. Let's keep going with the individual players. How about Glaber Torres? Yeah, he got the big walk-off hit yesterday, and kudos to him on that. Job well done. And honestly, it was freaking awesome to see how genuinely happy he was after doing it. He was overjoyed. And I love seeing that. It was like the weight of the world was being lifted off his shoulders. And I love when that happens in baseball for a player who is unbelievably struggling. It's one of the many great things about this great sport. The fact of how much of a mental game it is. And how relieving it is for a player when they're going through difficult times. And then they finally, they finally do something worthwhile, something big, and you see just the pure joy and pure bliss on their faces when it happens. It's a great aspect of baseball, one of the many great aspects. But despite all of that, and I'm not downplaying what Glaber did, but on an overall level, obviously, he still just has not been good at all. Outside of yesterday's walk-off, again, not downplaying it, just being honest about what's happened so far overall to start this young season. He has done almost nothing offensively. And his defense at second is fine, I guess. It's not bad, but it's not enough to pick up the slack for the lack of offense so far. It's, It's nothing crazy. But the more the struggling happens on a major level like it has in general, and it just continues to be more and more, the more that it continues to just happen, the more unreal for me that it is of what has become of Glaber Torres, this kid with the talent that he was showcasing merely three years ago. This kid, and, and I say kid because he's only 25 freaking years old still. Don't forget that. He came up so young that some people think that Glaber Torres is a veteran that's almost 30 now. No, he's still young. So this kid, who was once the number one Yankees prospect after being acquired from the Cubs in the Aroldis Chapman trade, the number one shortstop prospect, and we all know his ability at shortstop now, even when the Yankees still have the gall to put him out there, even if just for an inning now after last year, another win for Cashman, who even admitted himself that Glaber at shortstop just doesn't work, yet they still do it, even if just for a nanosecond. And that's more a shot at the Yankees for thinking that it's still okay to do that with a guy who just cannot play the position and has actually expressed himself time and time again that he doesn't even want to. So why would you do it thinking that it could work out even if just for an inning? And also don't forget that he was also the number two prospect overall in the country, by the way, in case you forgot about that. 
And since 2019, his last good season, what has become of him overall? Is It's just, it's quite unlike anything I've ever seen before for any young player. And that's not a good thing. Not in a good way. And it just goes to show you that although the start of his career was incredible, and we could get that Glaber back eventually on a regular basis. You never know. But although the start of his career was incredible, if he does stay the way that he's been since 2020, it goes to show you another reminder that no prospect, no matter how high they're ranked, is a guarantee. And I do hope he picks it up. I hope he continues to turn it around. And he has this walk-off yesterday being a launching point for a hot streak because it's got to happen. It has to. Let's see it happen. Josh Donaldson. Brand new Yankee, of course, so I'll try to be patient with him as well. He hit a big go-ahead home run yesterday, yes, and a big two-run shot in Baltimore, and again, not downplaying any of that, just like I didn't downplay Glaber's walk-off from yesterday. I'm just speaking on an overall level on what's happened so far. But so far, he has also done almost nothing, particularly offensively. And I'm aware it's early, but might I remind you that the Yankees are spending quite a bit of money on this guy. So it would be nice to see him really pick it up. But they traded for him partially, or so Cashman and the Yankees told you, because he apparently puts the bat on the ball. Well, maybe he did years ago, but right now, mostly, he's done nothing more than pop the ball up an awful lot, which I understand is putting the bat on the ball, but not in a positive or encouraging way, (laughs) and also contribute to the already astounding usual strikeout numbers on this team. I mean, hey, at least his trade mate, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, has picked it up massively, I must say. I'm thrilled about that. He himself had an extremely rough start at the very beginning there, too. But overall, especially including yesterday with his late-game heroics, I mean, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has really picked it up and done a terrific job. He's putting the bat on the ball. I may have had my concerns about that trade, and they may still turn out to be true someday. I mean, some parts of it are happening right now with Rortvet still not really being close to being back even though they got Trevino to cover things, which is really nice. And Donaldson is yet to really kick it in yet. But as far as Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, I mean, I had my concerns about that trade overall, but obviously I'm going to be thrilled about any part of it working out. And the Isaiah Kiner-Falefa part of it is working out right now. And I'm thrilled about that. Speaking of strikeouts, how about the man whose picture should be next to the word strikeout in the dictionary? Mr. Joey Gallo. Anybody see him? Anybody at all? Hello? Hitting home runs? Playing great defense? Walking? Getting on base? The things he's supposed to be known for? Not at all. And for the most part, to be honest with you, this is how he's been for as long as he has been a Yankee. Since the deadline last year. I'm not going just based off of what we've seen through 15 games in 2022. This is going back to last July. 
And I'm not at zero with my patience yet, having to do with him. And I hate watching him or any other player look as lost as he has. I I could swear, I even tweeted it yesterday, there's not a baseball player on the Yankees that I think I have seen in my 15 years as a fan that looks quite as lost as Gallo does now, that has ever looked quite as lost in that time span. When I say he's not doing anything, I mean he's not doing anything. Anything. I'm still being a bit patient. It's not at zero yet, but I got to tell you guys, I mean, another few weeks of this, by mid-May, maybe June, when he's on this team for about a year at that point, I'll be out of patience at that point. That's when I'll be very close to running out or just out. Because usually my patience, just generally as a baseball fan, this is how I work. Usually my patience can hold out if something is being contributed by a player, even if they're lacking in another area that they're really known for. If they're doing something to contribute, then my patience holds out. I'll be like, ah, at least they're doing that. But Joey Gallo, again, and I feel bad for the guy watching this. I don't want to ever see a guy go through this because it's got to be an awful mental place too. Every player always talks about what, what kind of a hell it is when you just have no answers in a baseball game. It's got to feel like an inescapable hell. Hate watching it. And I hate to be, but I hate to be brutally honest here, but he's done nothing. I expect the striking out with him. I even said going into the regular season, again, people already getting pissed off in spring training because of the striking out. I said, well, you better strap yourselves in then because you're in for it. So I expect the strikeouts. It's not a surprise to me. But when it's literally the only thing being done, I'm going to run out of patience. This year so far, granted it's early again, but still brutal. This year so far, and it is early, but this year so far, Joey Gallo's stats, just just let let me give you some of them because it is, it's hard for me to even say because it is really, it's on a level that you can't even comprehend. He's batting 136 heading into today's game. 255 on base percentage. So he's not even getting on base. He's not even walking a lot. He has seven walks heading into today. 136 slugging, same as batting average because he literally does not even, he hasn't gotten anything more than a single yet. An OPS of 391. OPS plus of 22. Even his WRC Plus is through the floor. And even outside of the numbers, if you're not a numbers person, I happen to try to contribute both the eye test and the numbers, both of them, but even if you just look outside of the numbers, you just look at the lifeless at-bats and just, you could see it written all over him that he just has no answers. Just look at the quality of his at-bats. It, it, it's brutal. Brutal. And like I said, even going back to July, just if you look at his stats, even just as a Yankee so far, which is starting to not be such a small sample size since he's been a Yankee for nearly a half a season's worth of games now. Listen to this. I'm not arguing his Texas stats. I'm not. But his stats since coming to the Yankees, get a vomit bag ready or a trash can you can hurl your guts up into because you got to have it ready to go. This is how you jumpstart a vomit. His Yankee stats... Since coming over here, in 73 games, 
He has 13 home runs. All of those last year, all of these stats, 13 home runs, 22 RBIs, that's all last year because he has neither one of those this year. Not even a single RBI yet. He's hitting 155, 294 on base percentage, 353 slugging, 647 OPS, and an 81 OPS plus, well below average. And he really just hasn't created much of any runs at all. Just his time as a Yankee has been brutal. The start to the season has been more than brutal. And like I said before, he hasn't even gotten anything more than a single yet. Which is why his batting average and slugging are the same. Think about that. We're nearly three weeks in, and the guy does not even have an extra base hit yet! Let alone a home run or an RBI. Not even an extra base hit! Gallo needs to do something. Because th- this is crazy. Not only how the season has started, but just how he's been since he's a Yankee. He's got to turn it around. It's, something's got to happen. He's got to show something. Because as awful as I feel for him, and I do feel bad for him, I never like to see any baseball player going through a rough time, ever. But watching him play is like some sort of a cruel punishment. He is the definition of an automatic out lately. I'm just telling you like it is, the way that it is. I'm not doing this to bully Joey Gallo or hate on him. A lot of people seem to misconstrue that. When you give valid criticism towards a player, even if you do feel bad for what they're going through, and you say that you're feeling bad for it, if you give a valid criticism, you're accused of hating on them. Learn the difference between those two, maybe, and stop being so dense. I don't hate when I talk about valid criticism. I'm just telling you what's gone on lately with them and the fact they need to get it going, especially if it's a long-time ongoing process or a long-time pattern. Stop attributing it to, to hating automatically and maybe try to gain the appropriate amount of brain cells to differentiate the two because that's not hating. I'm not hating on Joey Gallo, but the guy needs to get it going because as a Yankee, quite frankly, he is stunk. That's just the truth. And if you don't like my blunt way of delivering it, I don't know what to tell you. What are you doing listening to me or following me? It's not a personal attack or anything, not hating. It's just simply the truth and valid criticism. I mean, at this point right now, I'd rather them just go with a Stanton-Hicks-Judge outfield left to right right now. And I know I'm known to be hard on Hicks, too, because of his health mainly, but he hasn't been brutal offensively overall to start. He's been a bit better this last week or a week and a half, so I'm, I'm, I like that. And honestly, since Gallo isn't really even showing much defensively either, including with his arm which has also been really inaccurate at times, which is strange. He's known to have a cannon and an accurate one at that. But I'll just admit, overall, right now, Aaron Hicks is a better option. My phone just vibrated. (laughs) But, I mean, listen, you can accuse me of being a reactionary, but this is just the truth as of right now. It's what's going on. Sorry if you don't like it, but that's just the truth. 
I hope Gallo turns it around soon. I feel awful for what's going on with him. I, I hate watching him like this. It's terrible. I hate watching any baseball player like this. But something's got to happen. You, you can't go on like this forever. You can't. Like I said with Garrett, starting it today. Start it today. Maybe try to get your first extra base hit today. Try to hit a home run today. Why don't you just just try walking a bunch? Get on base. Make a good play in the field. Turn that mentality around. Because you're in your own head. Just have one good thing happen for you. Go out there and do a really good thing today. Just have your mentality shift. Get on a better path. Because sometimes all it takes is one thing. Get it done. Turn it around. This can't go on forever. I won't include Judge so far in the negatives because he looks like he's starting to come around a bit, especially Friday, but... I mean, amidst the extension drama, people were wondering if all that was in his head. But he's looking a bit better recently, I guess. And of course, the defense is always good, if nothing else, whether he's in right or center. And one last thing, I guess, Kyle Higashioka. He's doing fine defensively. He's doing a great job pitch framing, like always, but he has gotten off to a horrific start offensively. Did everything he did in spring training, and he looked like he was getting ready to play out of his mind this year and actually surprise a lot of people with his bat, but he has done nothing to start offensively. Can't gloss over that. Now, despite the negatives, and I might have even forgotten some, but there are also plenty of positives too. Like I mentioned before, the rotation outside of Garrett Cole Although the length they've gone into games hasn't been a lot. The bullpen has had to eat up a lot of innings already. But aside from that, and outside of Cole so far, they've been terrific. Absolutely terrific. Especially Nestor Cortez. Again, I cannot give enough love to my freaking boy, Nasty Nestor. It's both incredible because of how he came back out of nowhere last year and has continued into this year and has just been legendary. But it's also sad since, you know, Garrett is supposed to be the ace. And right now, Nestor is the best Yankee starter. (laughs) Granted, it's early. But, I mean, it's both incredible and sad how Nestor just came back out of nowhere again last year, kicked ass, has come back this year, continued to kick ass, And sad because, you know, Garrett's the worst of the five right now. Granted, it's early. But the rotation overall outside of Cole has looked really, really solid. I mean, listen to this. After yesterday's game heading into today, the rotation has officially gone three times fully through. All five guys have gotten their first three starts in. And through that time, the Yankee rotation has the second best ERA in the American League with a 287 ERA. So they have killed it. Like they did last year too, while the offense sucked then too. And would continue to for most of the rest of the year, obviously. Hopefully that's not the case this year too. But the rotation this year, like the beginning of last year and for most of last year overall, great. The bullpen, also like a chunk of last year, untouchable so far. Except for Chad Green a bit, I guess, since he's had a couple of bad outings now, including yesterday when he gave up an eighth-inning go-ahead two-run homer to Austin Hedges, of all people, who can't hit for his life. He's had a rough week, Chad Green. But anyway, like I said, 
Lots of deja vu, both good and bad in comparison to last year. And the bullpen and rotation, definitely. Although now that I think of it, first part of last year, Garrett Cole was crazy good, and he hasn't been this year. But you get what I mean. Lots of similarities, and that's one of them. Bullpen and rotation, amazing to start. DJ freaking LeMayhew. How about him? He is back. (laughs) That beautiful inside-out swing that we came to love so much for 2019 and 2020, hitting to all fields, stroking the ball out to right field for the most part, like he did those two years where he was terrific, killing it defensively, looks extremely healthy after his offseason surgery, which we all hoped for. He looks to be completely back, which is awesome to see. And huge for this team, obviously, because we know what an offensive catalyst he was for 2019 and 2020 and how it affected the team last year when he was very just blah, average. Him being back is so vital to this team. Anthony Rizzo is great. (laughs) No news there whatsoever. I'm a big fan of Jose Trevino, too, so far. I got to say that. I knew we would get great defense from him, and I said that when they acquired him on the last episode. But he's always been a black hole with the bat. And he's even been contributing some offensively, too, so that's always welcomed. And I actually had a thought about him. Tell me if you agree. This is just coming from a Yankee fan who started their fandom mainly with the 2007, 2008, 2009 Yankee teams. Not looks-wise, really, but I I get Jose Molina vibes from Jose Trevino. I mean, just tell me if you think I'm, I'm crazy, but I, I don't know. Just great defense. Doesn't really do much with the bat, but I mean, in big moments, he will come through here and there. Just the body type, just not too unbelievably tall. Got some size on him, though. He's a bigger guy. Just great defense. I mean, obviously, both Spanish. Um, I both named Jose, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I just, just the kind of catchers they are terrific defensively, really good framers, just great overall behind the plate, not really known to do much with the bat at all, but will come through here and there. Not necessarily the everyday guy, but still does some things whenever he's put out there. I, I don't know. I, I just get a lot of similarities and vibes like Jose Molina vibes from Jose Trevino. I, I don't know. Just a thought I had. Tell me if you think I'm nuts. But that's just a thought that I had like a week, week and a half ago. But yeah, guys, like I said, even though there are negatives, there are positives too, as we head into game 16 today. Obviously still a crap ton of season left, so there's no need to live or die by what we've seen so far. Obviously you have your concerns with some players much more than others, based on the past or what we've seen on an extreme level so far here or what have you. But the marathon season, although it always zooms right by, as this one inevitably will, has still, in the grand scheme of things, only just begun. So let's just try to have as much fun as possible, despite the negative deja vu habits we saw last year. Some some of them coming back for this year. <laughs> I know that could be hard, but anyways... We've still got a lot to do, my friends, and we're over a half an hour into this freaking episode already, so let's get moving right along here, because we've we've still got this week's weekly recap segment. Now, I missed a week last week, and usually what I do when that happens during the season is, for the week that I missed, just so we're not here for five hours, I usually just give the final scores for the games from two weeks ago, 
and then go a bit more in-depth with the most recent past week, like usual on a casual episode. So we'll do that. And after recapping yesterday's game, and we're officially all caught up to now, I've got a thing or two to say about the pieces of crap that thought it was okay to trash the field after the walk-off yesterday. And yeah, this has unfortunately happened before, and it'll probably happen again at some point. Because some people are just animals and have the maturity of a four-year-old, and that'll never change. That's just humanity, honestly. (laughs) There will always be maniacs out there, and that's unfortunately not going to change. But that doesn't mean I'm without an opinion on it. (laughs) So you'll want to hear that at the end of Recap. And then we've got a social media poll to wrap up the show. It's been a while since I did one of those, right? A poll? More often than not, for some time now, it's been a question or a Q&A every once in a while. But this week, it's a poll. And it is about the man on the mound today for the Yanks that we did already talk a little bit about before, Mr. Garrett Cole. I figured it would be appropriate to have a discussion about him since he's starting today, and he has struggled the way he has to start here. So on top of what we've already discussed here in this intro, yeah, we've got another fun episode for today already, so let's not waste another moment yapping Yankees time machine back to two Sundays ago as we do a quick catch-up to today. As Emperor Palpatine would say, let's do it. All right, weekly recap time. (laughs) And I actually just looked over at the Yankee game. They're in the bottom of the first right now. Garrett Cole had a killer first inning, which we like to see. He had a pretty decent first inning in Detroit too, but then we saw the second inning turned out, so he's got to keep it up. (laughs) But I really liked how hard he was throwing, 98-99, almost touching 100. The fastball's got crazy running action on it. I even see him mixing in a cutter right now. So that's pretty good. I like how he looked there in the first inning. We'll see if the Yankee offense can do anything now. (laughs) We'll have to see. All right, so going back to two Sundays ago on April 10th. Two Sundays ago from now. Final game of the three-game set against the Red Sox. Of course, I was not able to give any input on this game while it was happening two Sundays ago when I was recording because I recorded hours before the game started. It was a night game. But the Yankees did lose 4-3. to three. Montgomery took a comebacker in the first inning to his leg. He started the game, and he did allow two runs after that happened in the first inning. But after that first inning, he rebounded very nicely, lasting until the fourth, but, you know, not deep into the game, but only allowing one more after that. Definitely not a bad start, especially given him taking that comebacker to the leg. And thankfully, after the game, they did tests on him. He was deemed to be okay, and all was well. But the Yankee offense, yet again, first sign of familiar habits to last year, coming back. One of those things, they they blew a lot of scoring chances, and also another thing was that they barely backed Montgomery up at all. That was a big habit of last year, Montgomery getting no run support. And they backed him up very little here. And... They mainly did back him up after he was already out of the game. (laughs) But ultimately, throughout the game in general, lots of things just didn't go their way, and they failed a ton with runners in scoring position, and they lost a tough one. 
despite still winning the series again, but they did lose 4-3. to So an annoying game, no backing of Montgomery at least until after the game, and even after that it was only a little bit. So just a frustrating game. At least they won the series, though. Oh, wait, I just saw a ball going to the stands. Who was that? Anthony Rizzo. Oh, my. I love Anthony Rizzo, I swear. <laughs> Forza Rizzo, baby. Let's go. God, he's, he has five home runs already. I think he's tied for the most in the league right now. RBI's 11 and 12. Oh, my God. He's so good. He's so good, man. Screw everybody who talks crap about Anthony Rizzo, I swear. Two-run shot, Yankees already up. I told you, I just... It's only the first inning, I know that. And you're listening to this after it's already over, but just where I am right now, I know it's only the first inning, but I had a feeling Garrett would do well today. He looked good in the first inning, hopefully it continues. I just had a feeling about today's game in my mind all damn. Like, I think the Yankees are going to win today. I think they'll finally sweep a damn series. <laughs> Which, as we know, they have a lot of trouble doing usually. Two-run shot for Anthony Rizzo. Let's go. A low curveball. He just golfed that thing out. Look at that. Just stayed with it all the way through. Oh, my God. It's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. 2 nothing Yankees here in the first inning. All right, let's continue on. Just had to react to that. <laughs> Monday the 11th. The Blue Jays came to town. Really tough series like I knew it would be. And the first night Monday was tough to watch. <laughs> Alec Manoa just killed the Yanks yet again. He just, he murders them every time he faces them. <laughs> just mows them down. The entire game, the Yanks only got four hits. Didn't help Tyone out at all, who pitched a very nice five-inning, just two-run game against that offense. And because of that, he would unfortunately take a loss that he didn't really deserve and wouldn't have taken if the offense even had a little bit of life in them. And they would go on to lose 3 to nothing without a pulse. Tuesday, Game 2. The Yanks punched right back thanks to yet another beautiful start by Nasty Nestor in his first start of the year to start the season. Four and a third shutout. The bullpen after him was masterful. Hicks hit his first home run of the year, a two-run shot. A run scored on an error. And Stanton hit a sack fly. The Yanks won 4 to nothing to even the series up. So the series started with a Yankee shutout, and then the Jays' killer offense after that the very next day, shutout as well. Wednesday, Garrett Cole on the mound. Now remember when I said he struggled a lot, but I guess he can be given a slight pass because of the Blue Jays' start, because Vlad Guerrero Jr. just was just playing out of his mind that night, homering three times. One of them being on a 97 or 98 mile per hour fastball, practically on his wrists, and he turned on it somehow to hit it out for a home run into the visitor's bullpen. <laughs> well, this was that game. <laughs> and Garrett did still go five and two thirds. So he did give them some length. He allowed three runs all to Vlad, <laughs> struck out six, and only walked one. So outside of Vlad, he, he did take care of business. Not a bad start, but... Overall, you know, Vlad did his damage, and it wasn't a great start, but it wasn't good either. Just Vlad really had his number. For the Yankee runs that night, Rizzo hit a solo shot, as did Judge for his first of the year, and DJ hit a big two-run double, which at the time tied the game. 
Unfortunately, the Jays scored three more after that, one of them being on Vlad's third home run of the game. (laughs) And the Yanks only scored one more on Glaber's first home run of the year, a solo shot to make it 6-4, what some would probably call a garbage-time homer. And that's the score that they would lose by. So the Yanks would try to at least split the four-game set the next day on Thursday, and thankfully, they did. Shutting out the Blue Jays' offense again. Which does further prove, along with plenty of other instances early on here, how the Yankees would be even better. Some might even say extremely formidable. If only the offense would freaking hit the ball. (laughs) Because the pitching has been killer. Even shutting out that offense twice. And also another little fun fact about this game. Just the prior night... Vlad Guerrero Jr. had his three-home run game, and then on Thursday night, he struck out four times. The ebbs and flows of this sport, quite unlike any other. But anyway, on Thursday, Seve took the mound for his second start of the year, went five shutout innings, striking out six, looked terrific again, which is awesome. I love what we've seen from him so far. First two runs of the game were on two Jose Trevino RBI singles. Love to see that. Like I said, I've become a Jose Trevino guy personally, and it seems like he's less of a backup catcher at this point, to be honest, and more of a part of a 50-50 tandem, like I said earlier, with Higashioka, since I also said before, especially since Higgy's gotten off to a nightmarish offensive start, since looking like Mickey Mantle in spring training. But anyways, the third run of the game was on a Giancarlo RBI ground out. The bullpen held it down. Yanks won 3-0 and split with Toronto at home. Oh my goodness, that can't be, can it? That cannot be another ice cream truck. We just had this a couple of weeks ago on the show. There's another ice cream truck coming down my block. This actually can't be serious. I'm going to hold the microphone up to the window. Hold on. See if you can hear this. This thing loves to come around when I'm recording. It's unbelievable. And if it stays outside, the vibrating sound is probably going to be picked up by the microphone again like it was a couple of weeks ago. There just ain't no way this guy's coming around again while I'm recording. And he won't come around again after this. It's just always while I'm recording. Oh. (laughs) Nah, he's driving away. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm such a clown. Jesus. The hell's wrong with me? I'm doing a show. Focus. <laughs> I'm so easily distracted. But anyways, Yankees won that game 3-0 and split with Toronto. Last weekend, in Baltimore, my God in heaven, what an embarrassment this was. <laughs> what should have been a joke of a series, well, did end up being a joke, but not in the way that we expected or wanted. <laughs> Another deja vu to last year. Guess that's why the episode is titled that, because it's true. (laughs) Not taking care of business against the Orioles. Which, as we know, not taking care of the Orioles last year played a key part in deciding the division. You gotta beat this team. The first night was just comedy. Scored one freaking run on a Giancarlo RBI single in the third inning, and that was it. 
Monty went five shutout, and that Giancarlo RBI single was the only run of run support for him. The offense otherwise completely dead again. And the bullpen only allowed two runs in 11 innings, one in the seventh and one in extras after the Yankees humiliatingly didn't score twice with the runner on second crap in extra innings, twice in the 10th and 11th. And they didn't score at all from innings one through nine except for Giancarlo's hit. Can't expect to be winning games one to nothing all the time. You got to score. And then in the bottom of the 11th, Chapman walked in a run with the bases loaded on a slider outside. Which is unacceptable pitch selection, first of all. And just an unacceptable result overall. That's got to be your number one pitch right down the plate at that spot. A slider up and away. Give me a break. Unacceptable pitch selection and unacceptable result. Embarrassing first game in Baltimore. Now, at least they won the next day. Tyone started on Saturday through a decent game, four and two thirds, only allowing two on a two run nuke to Mullins. But the offense finally smelled some damn coffee, I guess, and woke up in the fifth. Rizzo RBI single, Stanton RBI double. And Donaldson, with his first home run of the year, about time, a go-ahead two-run shot, and they wouldn't look back from there. A wild pitch scored one more in the sixth. The bullpen held it down. The Yanks won 5-2, to two, and J.P. Sears got the win on the day. His first big league win, but he was sent down to AAA afterwards. Should mention this, a roster move. He was sent down to AAA, and they called up Timmy Lowe. Timmy Lowe Castro. So I said it'd be curious, and two weeks ago I said it'd be curious whenever we see Tim LeCastro, we're seeing him already. So we'll see when and if J.P. Sears is to come back up. I know they view him as more of a starter, so we'll see when and if that happens. But for now, Timmy Lowe's still up here, even to this day. Easter Sunday. Praying for a series win in Baltimore. And holy Moses, what a horrendous effort we actually got. I'll make it easy for you. I know I said I'd only do final scores for this week's games two weeks ago, but what can I tell you? They were eventful. <laughs> but the Yanks got shut out. Four hits on the whole day. With all five Oriole runs being allowed in the eighth inning on just a meltdown. Could have been avoided, perhaps, if the offense put up even a single run. But, hey, we can say that about a few other losses already, now can we? Two of the runs were by former Yankee Rugnet Odor, too, by the way. Two-run single with the bases loaded, so good for him. Yanks lost 5 to nothing and lost the series in Baltimore. <laughs> and the biggest shame of it was how amazing, yet again, the one man who showed up on Easter Sunday was Nestor Cortez. Five innings, 12 strikeouts, which is impressive regardless of opponent, and an immaculate inning to go along with all of it. He is easily one of the funnest players to watch in baseball, bias aside. Unfortunately, because of his corpse of an offense, he would have to settle for a no decision, because that's what happens when you don't hit, and the pitcher isn't backed up. 
And that's why the win-loss stat for pitching is one of the most unfair stats in the entire sport. Because you could literally go nine innings, you could pitch a whole game, only allow one run, and if your offense goes scoreless, you will take a loss for that start. Meanwhile, it was a remarkable start. (laughs) That's why it's a crappy stat. Not always crappy, but for the most part, it is extremely unfair. And it was for Nestor here too, because with a start like that, he had to settle for a no decision. Now, this past week... Off day on Monday. Tuesday, the Yanks headed to Detroit. And here was the start I talked about with Garrett Cole that was the worst we'd ever seen from him. (laughs) That I was talking about earlier in the show. First inning, scoreless, just a walk, fine. Second inning, that was the one. (laughs) Cole threw around 50 pitches. 50 pitches! Walked four people in that inning alone. Walked five of the 11 batters that he faced throughout his start. Threw a total of 68 pitches in that inning in two-thirds. And he had to be taken out in the second inning. He tied his career walk total with five in the start. Again, four in the second alone, which never happened has never thrown that many pitches in a single inning and has never been taken out that early in a start. Truly the worst start, if you ask me, in his entire career. And his final starting line only shows two runs allowed, but that was because Clark Schmidt came in after and saved him from having a final line that looked ten times worse. Make no mistake, Garrett was on another level of awful especially for his standards and expectations. Fortunately for him, thanks to a laughable infield error by the Tigers in the first inning on a Donaldson pop-up, an Aaron Hicks sack fly, and a huge insurance run on a DJ RBI single later in the game, who, by the way, don't want to forget to mention, heading into today's game here on Sunday is riding a 10-game hitting streak is DJ LeMahieu. My boy is back. But fortunately, because of all that, and the bullpen, after Garrett was taken out, From Clark Schmidt, to Wandy Peralta, to Clay Holmes, to Miguel Castro, and to Roldis Chapman, collectively, masterfully, eating seven and a third shutout innings, the Yankees were still able to win by the score of four to two. Just a downright incredible job by the Yankee bullpen. Wednesday, Seve back out on the mound, and although he wasn't quite as sharp with some of his command, still had a very fine start. Five innings did allow seven hits, but only one run, striking out three. And his ERA, granted it's early, is now down to 208. Love it. Only other two runs were by Chad Green, and like I said before, he has not had a good week this week. And he also got the win because of the runs he allowed, followed by the Yankees taking the lead back right after he did that, so he took the win opportunity away from Seve, which sucks because Seve deserved it, but hey... They won the game. That's what's important. Offensively, on a Judge RBI double, a Rizzo RBI ground out, and later a solo shot, a Kiner Falefa go-ahead RBI single, and DJ driving in a run on a fielder's choice, the Yanks won 5-3. Final game of the three-game set now. And the offense returned on Thursday to being a collective corpse. As to be expected, not only because it frequently happens, but guess who was pitching for the Yankees? You guessed it, 
Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> the poor guy went six innings, only allowing one run, did a very nice job, and the offense, just like every single time this poor guy pitches, just nowhere to be found. Blowing scoring chance after scoring chance again, especially in the eighth with runners on the corners and no one out, and then bases loaded and one out later that inning. I don't know how he just doesn't go into the clubhouse and be like, listen, guys, do you have a problem with me? (laughs) Why don't you ever give me run support? (laughs) It's got to be so annoying. The Yanks went on to lose three to nothing with Tiger fans livid with them because they intentionally walked Miguel Cabrera in the bottom of the eighth as he was seeking his 3,000th hit, as if the Yankees don't still have a ball game to try to win, and as if in that big potential scoring moment especially, anyone would want to deal with one of the better hitters of this generation, but what do I know? Miggy has since gotten his 3,000th hit anyway, and I'm thrilled for him, so congrats to him. Definitely want to say that. Miguel Cabrera is a remarkable player, and I'm thrilled to see him reach that achievement. And I do hope that you soaked it in like I did, because it may be quite some time that passes before we see another player get their 3,000th hit. If you look at all the players in the game right now, a lot of the young guys, they're still towards the front end of their careers and might not ever do it. And even if they do, it's a long ways away. So... All right, this weekend, almost there, Yanks and Guardians, first game on Friday. Tyone on the mound, another very nice start for Tyone. Five innings of one-run ball, striking out five. ERA down to 3.07 now, doing a very nice job. Michael King after him pitched three shutout innings. Aroldis Chapman got the save. And Michael King just continues to be just an incredible, incredible reliever. Just unreal. And the offense... Aaron Judge hit a two-run shot in the bottom of the third. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa got an RBI single in the bottom of the fourth. And in the bottom of the fifth, Aaron Judge hit a solo shot, his second home run of the game. That makes three on the year for him. And the Yankees would comfortably go on to win by the score of 4-1 to one on Friday. And yesterday, a really, really wild game. Nestor Cortez back on the mound, as I said earlier, opened up another can of whoop-ass. He did finally allow a run or two, finally allowed a run, after his first about 13 or so innings of his season being scoreless. The last one that had gone that many innings into the season of all the pitchers in baseball being scoreless, he finally allowed a two-run shot to Josh Naylor. Bound to happen eventually, so I wasn't upset at all, but he still did a great job. Six and a third, just those two runs on that one home run. The only hit he gave up the whole afternoon was on that home run. Eight strikeouts. The ERA is 115. This guy, is he's just on another level. <laughs> he's just, he's in a league of his own, Nestor Cortez. Gotta be the most bizarre and unexplainable player, let alone fun player, that I have ever seen. One of them. <laughs> one of them. That is, he's unbelievable. He is a national treasure. (laughs) So he did a killer job. Six and a third, just two runs, and that two-run shot being his only hit allowed. And the game was made interesting, because after that, the Yankee offense did come right back with an RBI single by Kiner Falefa, and then Higgy hit a sacrifice fly to drive in Joey Gallo, who had gotten on base with a base hit. And I guess they called a sacrifice 
double play because Isaiah Connor-Falefa was forced at second, but Gallo got in first, so he did score. So I guess a sacrifice double play? <laughs> anyway, that tied the game at two. Then in the bottom of the seventh, Josh Donaldson with his second home run of the year to left center field. He gave the Yankees a 3-2 to lead on that solo shot. Chad Green coming in the top of the eighth. Again, not an easy week for Chad. He gave up a two-run shot, a go-ahead two-run shot to Austin Hedges, who usually cannot hit if his life depended on it. But he could hit against Chad Green, who does here and there. We have seen him for the last couple of years. Has a habit of giving up these big home runs in these games. <laughs> but... Fortunately for him, the Yankee offense was resilient. They came out in the bottom of the ninth. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, again, he has been putting that bat on that ball, man, like I've been saying. Tied the game up on an RBI double. And then Glaber Torres coming off the bench again. This guy, I think we should just rename him Mr. Walkoff. He's tied for the most walkoffs in baseball since 2018. And this is not, the fr- not nearly the only one that he's had the last couple of years, despite his struggles. He just loves coming off the bench and just coming through. Even if it's not a walk-off, he'll come off and, and get a hit in general or walk. He'll do something. He's just good at coming off the bench at the end of the game. I don't know. It's crazy. But anyways, he got an RBI single. And that ended the game in extraordinary fashion with the Yankees just not giving up. The offense was resilient. They won 5-4, to four, an incredible victory. But then unfortunately, about 30, like not even 30 seconds later, the moment had to be ruined because of some jackasses out in right field throwing bottles and cans onto the field at the Guardians players. And this was because earlier in the game, some other complete loser Yankee fans, and listen, you can call me a traitor or a backstabber or whatever towards my own fan base. I'm just being, I'm just trying to be a decent human being over here and try to objectively have the maturity of an adult and not a five-year-old. But some other complete loser Yankee fans, after Quan, who is just a kid that plays on the Guardians, he was in left field, he collided, he just crashed into the wall real hard, and almost had a concussion, thankfully he passed concussion protocol as of today, but he crashed into the wall hard trying to run a ball down, and he was really dazed after that, and he seemed to be a bit out of it, and the Yankee fans were like heckling him, they were just going at him, I, I-, I don't know. I just don't think that's really cool to do after a guy just bashing to the wall like that. I just, I don't know. Call me a softie or whatever you want. I'm certainly not a softie. I'm very thick-skinned, but I just don't really think that's necessary. I know people, you know, they drink at baseball games. They get excited. They get a little out of hand, but there's just no need for that. What also wasn't needed was that Miles Straw, I respect him backing up his team. I do. I respect that. But he did climb up the wall. And, like, tried to get in the Yankees fans' faces, which, I mean, you can't expect anything good out of that. (laughs) So that escalated things even further. And then by the time the game ended, after Glaber walked it off, you just saw the cans and the bottles and all just all kinds of trash just flying onto the field. I mean, if those Yankee fans wanted trash in the field, they could have just thrown themselves over the wall because they're trash. That's just not how you do it. Obviously, the Yankee fan base is known to be very passionate, a lot of the time over the top even. (laughs) They care a lot. I care a lot. You hear how fired up I get. But that's okay because I'm not causing potential physical harm to anybody. I'm not hurting anybody. You could boo. You could do whatever. You know, do whatever you want. Make noise. You know, you're at, you're at a game. But we've discussed this before in the other times it's happened. Guys, stop going to baseball games and acting like an ass. Just have a good time. 
act appropriately, know when that line is being crossed, and throwing stuff on the field is crossing that line. And if you can't, if you have no knowledge of that, if you can't grasp that, you just don't belong at a baseball game, and you probably should be banned for life. You've got to know when you're crossing that line, and that's crossing that line. Don't throw crap on the field. Just stop. And I know what Miles Straw said about Yankee fans being the worst fan base on the planet. And yeah, would I have rather him said something along the lines of, I know not all fans are like this in any fan base. There are always bad apples in the bunch that ruin it for everybody else. But the fans like that are the worst on the planet. That would have been probably better instead of generalizing every single Yankee fan in the same category. But I understand. Probably frustrated. I get it. And although I respect him defending his his fellow teammate... Do I agree that it could have been handled better than him climbing up the wall? Yeah, I'd agree with that. But there, regardless of the context surrounding it, guys, it is never okay to throw crap on the field at players, whether it be your own especially, and even visiting players. It just It's not okay regardless. It's not. You could hurt somebody, and it's just a, a disgusting act. Just go there, enjoy the baseball game, and act appropriately. Act like an adult. And if you can't, if you can't control yourself, then you don't belong at the game and should be banned for life. And the fact that some of these fans have to have it explained to them as to why that's not okay to do is really concerning as to the intelligence level that humanity is at right now. Because if you need that explained to you, I'll just come out and say it, you are a moron. A complete moron, an idiot, an imbecile. Gain some perspective and maybe just try not to throw crap at people because that's not cool. I'm tired of seeing things like this. And the behavior of all these people ruins it for everybody else has other people out of frustration just generalizing and putting everyone else who would never do that sort of a thing into the category with those bad apples. And then not to mention, just puts a complete damper on the moment that just happened, that awesome walk-off win. There's just nothing good about it. There's no good spin to throwing crap on the field. So try to just not. How about that? So that's more or less what I have to say about that. And I assume that... I didn't get to hear the crowd because my TV's on mute. But I assume the crowd gave Miles Straw a very nice welcoming today in his first at-bat. And will probably continue to throughout the rest of the day. (laughs) I saw he didn't do anything in the first inning. We'll see if he does anything today at all. Off Garrett Cole or anybody else in the bullpen later. But it's just not okay, guys. Not. Stop throwing stuff on the field. It's completely... It's just unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And completely uncalled for. So today, in today's game, the Yankees are already up 2-0. Garrett Cole looked good in the first inning at the time I'm recording right now. We'll see what happens for the rest of the day. I'll give you the rest of it if I do an episode next week, which I probably will. I'll just tell you what happened for the rest of today's game then. And hopefully I do have a win to report to you, which would make them 10-6 and after today. And out of all the deja vu stuff we've talked about today and all the similarities, good or bad, to last year... That would definitely be a big difference because the, through the first 16 games, I was just looking on the internet. Through the first 16 games last year, I had to remind myself, the Yankees were 6-10. and 10. 
So if the Yankees can have the exact reversal for this year, 10-6, and six, after a potential win today, that'd be quite nice. As far as the rest of the week, looking ahead until next Sunday. Tomorrow is an off day for the Yankees. Tuesday the 26th, the Orioles come to town. Please take care of business against the Orioles. My God in heaven, please. <laughs> the first game on Tuesday, it's a three-game set. First game is at 7.05 Eastern. Seve will be on the mound against Jordan Lyles. Wednesday, the 27th, also at 7, Montgomery against Tyler Wells. We'll see if the Yankees can muster up any runs and help Jordan Montgomery out for once in his life. (laughs) And Thursday, the final game of the three games set at Yankee Stadium. They are home games, by the way. 105 Eastern, Jameson Tyone on the mound against Bruce Zimmerman. Then next weekend, the Yankees hit the road again. First off for a three-game set in Kansas City against the Royals. First game is at 8-10 Eastern on Friday. Saturday, 7-10 Eastern. And Sunday, when I speak to you again, will be at 2-10 Eastern. And we are fully caught up, my friends. And now that we're so deep into this episode, we're just going to bolt right through the social media segment because there's just been a lot to talk about and a lot to just get through. So, very quickly so, like I said before, we've got a poll for today. We'll just quickly go through Twitter, breeze through the first, I don't know, five to ten replies that I see, and then we'll read a few over on Instagram and wrap it up for the day. Like I said, the discussion is centered around Garrett Cole. The poll question quite simply is, with Garrett Cole starting tomorrow, I said tomorrow because all these social media segments are posted on Saturdays, of course, but since he's pitching, tell me, are you concerned about him after his first three starts? And of course, I'll read the first 10 or so replies. The two choices to choose from are either yes, I am concerned, or no, he will be fine. And of all you Twitter voters that voted, 52% of you say that you are concerned about Garrett Cole, and 48% say no, he will be fine. So almost a 50-50 split. And the Yankee fans have been pretty divided on this. Like I said, probably because of the excuses being made with the start so far, and also the bad taste in everybody's mouth going back to Boston in the wild card. People just want to see good things, and they want to see him bounce back. And especially, because of the money he's making, people are short on patience. Now, I'm not really going to go much into this because we are so deep into this episode already, but also because I already mainly gave my opinion before. I think it's early yet, and I think Garrett Cole will be fine. As a matter of fact, I love how he looks in the first inning of this game. And even before the game started, I was saying, I think he's going to bounce back today. And I believe that as long as he has one good start on his back for this season, he could have something to go off of. He already feels like he's in a good mechanical place. So hopefully today, freaking puts it together finally and actually has good results. (laughs) And if he has that one good start to look back on, That could change things going forward mentally for him, and that could make all the difference, just like it can with any player in baseball going through a tough time. 90% mental, the other half is physical, right? (laughs) All right, so that's my opinion. I personally think he's fine, or he will be fine. Obviously, I hate seeing what's happened to him so far. Not pleasant to watch, and it's, it's enough to tick anybody off, but I think he'll be okay. And I think it'll start with today. We'll see what happens. He'll have his bad starts throughout, of course. Everybody does. He's a human being still. But I think he'll fix himself for the most part and he'll be okay. First up, let's start here on Twitter. We've got Rob at Laker477. Rob says, no, I'm not concerned about him at all. Baseball players are unique. 
They are creatures of habit, especially pitchers, and I believe the shortened spring training is to blame for his early struggles. I'm confident that as he gets a few more starts under his belt, he will be fine. Definitely creatures of habit, that's for sure. And the shortened spring training could certainly be part of it. Some people have mentioned that being a possibility, and it could very well be. That's a good point, Rob. At Laura underscore Eismont, my friend Laura says, I'm a little concerned for Cole, but I still think he'll figure it out. All pitchers go through their bad stretches, and I believe that's what Cole is experiencing. Hopefully tomorrow's start will be a turning point for him. And again, anybody who says tomorrow, including myself, at the question, they mean today because this stuff is posted on Saturdays. But yes, I, I agree with that, Laura. You know, certainly hasn't been fun to watch, but I believe he'll be okay ultimately, and I think today could be a starting point. And I'm feeling even better after watching that first inning, to be honest with you. So hopefully it stays that way. Next is at RIPNYY2021, and they say yes, somewhat, because he has not been so great since late last season, and he is our ace, although I think it's turning out to be Nasty Nestor. Yeah, the last few starts, of course. Yeah, even going back to late last year, Nestor has been the best Yankee starter. <laughs> like I said, it's both incredible and sad, but he, he is the best one, statistically, since around that point. It's hard to deny. But yeah, ever since the hamstring injury, it hasn't, has not been good for Garrett. Has not. At Kenji Kofi says, he needs to be a little more crafty. MLB hitters can catch up to his fastball when they see it enough. Yeah, it's the case with anybody. And yeah, he does need to mix it up a bit more. Fortunately, Garrett has an awesome arsenal of pitches. And like I said, he even started using a cutter much more in the first inning from what I just saw. And right now in the second inning, he's still using it a bit more. So yeah, I mean, he's got, he should mix it up a little bit more. Exactly. Use the, use the entire arsenal. Spencer at Musician DMD says, I'm not concerned about this at all. He's very talented and he'll figure this out. Some great pitchers go through this. Saw it happen to David Cohen in 2000. It happened to Mike Messina years later. The pitchers behind him are doing well so we can absorb his struggles. Yeah, that's for sure. As much as you hate to watch it happen, the rest of the rotation, like I've emphasized all episode long, has been terrific. Man, take a shot how how many times I've said terrific this episode. I've just caught myself with that. (laughs) I have to have said that about 90 times already. But with how great the rest of the rotation has been, yeah... It definitely helps, and all pitchers do go through it. It's just tough to watch. It is. But I, like you, am not concerned long-term. I think I think he'll be all right. At Savage Empire Pod says, I think it's more of a mental block. His stuff is still there, but he's in his head. Yeah, I think he's in his head, too. Could be a big part of it. At Lou, a.k.a. Ghost, says, I'm really not too worried, but he does need a solid start. Seems like he's in his own head a little bit. Needs a confidence boost, and that starts with a solid start and a win. He's fine as long as he's healthy. Now, that's plenty fair, Lou. I agree. I've, I've echoed a lot of the same thing, and I think that could start today. Send a message, help complete the sweep, and get that one start to help you get in the right place mentally. I, I agree. At Peace Now for Life, my friend Rebecca says, He's had a rough start to the season for sure. That being said, I do think he will be fine. His track record is too good. I'm confident he'll figure it out and go on a great run and look like an ace again. I certainly hope so, and I hope that starts with today. All right, let's do like two more. At Baseball Tzar says, I think the spider tack has gotten into his head. <laughs> look, this is just a lazy take. Listen, 
I get that Garrett wasn't quite what he was with the tech that he is without it. But like I've said so many times, do some research, please. I, I, whether you're joking or not, some people I do know for a fact are actually serious about that. They actually think the spider attack was the main difference. Please look at his stats from when the spider attack was banned to when he got his hamstring injury. In that window of time, he was still really solid. So I think it was more the injury and then maybe a shortened spring training and coming into this year just having trouble adjusting. I don't know. Shortened spring cold weather as much as I hate the excuses who the hell knows but to say it's just the spider tack is just lazy because he was still solid after the tack ban it was really when his hamstring injury was made known to the public and he kept on pitching through it it just he really went downhill after that but between between the tack ban and when it was revealed that he had hamstring injury in that window of time he was still really good not quite tack levels, and his RPMs on some of his pitches went down, his, you know, how his pitches moved as a result of the lowering in RPMs, but he was still really solid. So, for anyone who's serious about having that take, that's just a little insight on that. Alright, let's do one more. My friend Tina, at MountainGal456, and she says, I think he'll be fine. He still has stuff, just needs to calm down and not put pressure on himself. Go out there, ace, and have fun. It's baseball. You're supposed to have fun. Hell yeah, you are, Tina. Amen. That is all for Twitter, guys. As always, couldn't get to all of you, especially because we are running late here, but <laughs> I'm doing the best I can over here. I think I got to at least 10. Okay. Instagram. Real quick. Same question. Are you concerned about Cole after his first three starts? Same two choices. Yes, I am concerned, or no, he'll be fine. And still nearly 50-50 split, but another result here on Instagram. So it's basically right down the middle on this issue with both social media platforms combined. 53% of all the Instagram voters voted for no, he'll be fine. And 47% said yes, I am concerned. So let's read out a couple of replies here, and then we'll end the episode. Official 52011 is first, and they say, I am a bit worried. I need some good starts to make me feel less worried. Well, he's looking good today as he heads into his fourth inning of work now, by the way. And he's uh, pitching a shutout so far. This is really good. And the Yankees, by the way, are winning 6 to nothing now. <laughs> I didn't even react to the other things. But after Rizzo's home run, DJ, RBI double, extending that hitting streak to 11 now, 3 to nothing. And then Aaron Hicks had a ball drop in, really strange play. It just dropped in in front of Straw, and then they went to second to get the force when, I mean, it must have just fallen in, miscommunication, just the ball in no man's land. But if the ball was caught, then a sack fly wouldn't even have even happened. Run wouldn't have scored, but that made it 4 nothing. And then Joey Gallo, my God, he finally got his first extra base hit, an RBI double. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy crap. He did it. He got an extra base hit. <laughs> One can only hope that that's the start of good things, man. One can only hope for himself and for this team, for the sake of both, because it's just hard to watch. He finally got an extra base hit, though. RBI double, and then Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, sack fly. He continues to just, wow. He's doing it. He's doing a very nice job. Yes, it's 6 nothing Yankees now, by the way. But anyways, with Garrett, when it comes to him having some good starts, he's having a good one today. He's doing very well into his fourth inning of work, and the offense seems to be firing. Playing an overall good baseball game so far, I gotta say. 
Six to nothing is an encouraging score. All right, last two. As always, my girlfriend Vic Salimo at Vic Salimo, and she says, I am a bit concerned about Garrett because I've seen much better from him. And this sharp decline of his last few starts going back to last year has been pretty astounding. But if our offense remains resilient and they can back him up tomorrow, no matter what he does, I have faith that we may be able to still do well and he can turn things around. Yeah, I understand they're being concerned. I do. Because again, this is going back towards the end of last year with the hamstring and then now it's starting off pretty badly. I I get it. But I did say before the start that I felt he was going to bounce back. He is now. And uh, hopefully that's making you feel better as well. Last but certainly not least, my mom, Julia Gina Scudero. My mom says, I'm concerned, Mike. It seems like he's getting worse with each game. One bad game here and there is expected by even the best. They're human beings. But it's been a hot mess 90% of the time he's been on the mound going back to last year after the hamstring injury. I hope he shakes it off soon. Tired of all these amazing players who cost a lot of money that turn into duds. I hope that doesn't happen with him long term. Hoping for the best and that he makes a turnaround. Yeah, I doubt that happens to Garrett long-term. If it does, I'll be shocked. At least not for another bunch of years until he's like in his late 30s or something like that. But, yeah, listen, I think he'll turn it around long-term. He's already turning around today. Hopefully he goes maybe six, seven innings with the way he's looking right now. I love the way his stuff is moving. He's mixing everything up like I've wanted. Fastball's got crazy running action. He's throwing hard. His curveball looks good. All thumbs up over here, bruh. All right, thank you, Mom, and thank you, all of you, for the entire social media segment, whether I got to you or not, as always, for replying. I love each and all of you so much. Long-ass episode today, but hey, we had to play catch-up. There is a lot to talk about that's happened these last couple of weeks to start the 2022 season. But as for now, nonetheless, that is all for episode 137 of Yapping Yankees today, my friends. Remember, one last time to follow me on all social medias, guys, especially having to do with my plans for next weekend. We'll see. I think I'll have an episode. But just to be sure, and just in general, if you don't already, follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY, Twitter at Mike Scudero, and Instagram, Mike Scuds97. Subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available, guys. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love on all of them. Leave a like below on YouTube if you're listening there. Leave a review on all the others. And if you have the time, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you might have missed. You never know. You might have missed a couple. Episodes 34 up to episode 137 today. All of them are available on YouTube. And every single Yapping Yankees episode, including today's, going back to episode one three years ago, are all available on Apple Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today for well over an hour, my friends. (laughs) I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday on May 1st, a new month, when I come at you with episode 138 of Yapping Yankees. But until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, Don't throw crap on the field, but most importantly, just enjoy your week, my friends, and let's hope for a good week of Yankees baseball, starting with hopefully the completion of this win today. They're already up 6-0. Let's hope they complete it. Hopefully completing a sweep, and hopefully the remainder of the week 
being some fun Yankees baseball. But until next week, my friends, I'll talk to you then. Take care. Take care.